Welcome back to the Red Dice Diaries with me, your host, John, and today we're going to be looking at the punchline by Zarkov Kowalski. Okay, so this is a short adventure in hardback format, coming in at just over 30 pages. And again, this is a review copy that I was sent by the good people at Lamentations of the Flame Princess. And as ever, it's kind of hard to discuss an adventure without getting into spoilers. So consider this your spoiler warning. Okay, so we start this adventure in the mountainous valley between two unspecified nations. The players are arriving in the village of Forkton, for whatever reason, on their travels, and they're greeted with a strange mix of suspicion and desperation. They find out that a seven-year-old child, Amelie Cologne, has gone missing without a trace. She was being raised by her crippled grandmother, and the town has gone into hysterics following her disappearance basically the usual sort of mob rules idea everyone's getting riled up the 66 peasants armed with pitchforks etc that are getting ready to like kick somebody in we don't know who next we get a couple of little miniature portraits of two children who might have an insight into things that are going on one Gwilom Tisser is a young lad of eight and a half years and he was previously approached by a strange dancing man in funny clothes he claims the man offered him some honey rolls and threat the boy threatened him and he ran off further probing reveals that that story isn't exactly true although he did see the strange figure that he claimed to child two is Claire Raquel the young 11 year old who saw a large oafish man in brightly coloured clothes hiding some bushes near the road asking for help in finding a dog she realised that he looked a bit suspicious and she distracted him and ran away we also have some write-ups for other potentially important NPCs from Jean Moreau a fearful merchant who's trying to flee the progress of the Red Death with some ill-gotten goods Alfonso Sonjun, who's a gossip who tries to spread these rumours because it makes it feel important when other people listen to what he's saying. And the woodsman Bernardin Millet, who is a lean and wiry man in his early 30s. He's been checking for signs of feral dogs last night in case they'd been responsible for the kids disappearing. He also knows a lot of the local layout, so it can be potentially very helpful to the player characters if and when they investigate the missing child. We then get another three or four pages of potentially important NPCs before we move on to the main antagonists of the piece, the troop of Lucifer's Fools. A band of five main NPCs as well as like 20 more-ish sort of hangers-on where the main five have been untouched by the Red Plague and the leader of the group, the person known as Harlequin now, sort of got it into his idea that they've been saved because of his desperate attempts to plead with the devil for his life when the plague was ravaging the areas around them. He's mixed his sort of theatrical leanings, some old circus gear, and a smattering of knowledge about actual ritual to create this strange sort of hybrid cult of people who follow the devil and perform strange ceremonies in the moonlight. Harlequin believes that he has been chosen as Satan's champion and he's gathered to him a number of other people 
also untouched by the play who he believes have been blessed however there is a different reason that they have all been spared from the plague which i won't go into but it's quite an interesting rationale when you read it in the book and we get pictures of these main people harlequin columbine clown pantaloon and piero these five chosen in inverted commas of the cult we had lovely pictures of them bedecked in all their sort of circusish glory and horror i'm not sure if circusish is a rule but there we go you know what i mean harlequin sees himself as some sort of self-appointed antichrist you know doing satan's work columbine is the kingmaker pretending to be loyal to harlequin which has only got her best interests at heart clown is like the huge sort of blustering star scream of the group and we have Pantaloon, who is a serious challenger for leadership of the group, a wanton hedonist. And then we have Piero, who is the most reluctant and dangerous member of the troop. He's thoroughly lost his hope with all the death he's seen and is a complete nihilist, believing that the world is already doomed and everyone damned, so there is no point worrying about everything. And they also have a large swathe of sort of desperate cultists, and they're split into two sort of titles. There's believer cultists who are people who've been infected by the red death but because it doesn't have a hundred percent fatality rate they've survived albeit not untouched as with the the five chosen but they they are these believer cultists and then there's the desperate cultists who are these people who've not yet been infected or are in the process of being infected and are sort of looking to the cult to save them the cult uses them as disposable henchmen and well if they die from the plague obviously they weren't worthy in the first place we get a page showing how the Red Death works in this adventure and details of the strange sacrificial ceremony for which the cult has kidnapped the young child. We get some details of their worldview. Effectively, they believe that Satan is the king of the world. All reality around you is actually hell. Reality is a cruel charade, a play to amuse Satan. The phrase, all the world's a stage, is literal. The gates of hell say to abandon all hope, and that is the purpose of the charade, to make you abandon all hope of eternal salvation. To accept the suffering of the world is the best you can have, since you are already dead and damned. If you die with hope, your memory is cleansed, and you are born into an even worse position, as Satan closes the vice in your existence, making your life more and more unbearable. The author points out some weak points in this sort of cobbled together ridiculous doctrine that the players can use to convince people to leave the cult or find a chink in the armour of them. We get a little map of the region showing Forkton, a nearby dead village of the plague uh, and local landmarks and also where the cult is hiding. We get a more detailed sort of battle map, scale map of the dead village and the old church that the cult is using as one of their bases of operation. We then have the ruined watchtower map, which was once a military garrison, but now the cult has sort of fully occupied it 
and the caves below that the cult uses as a vault but only the believers and the troops that follow them know precisely how to get to its entrance there's also a battle map of an old watermill where the cult store a lot of their goods there are two teams of two mounted believer cultists on sentry duty and a clown is inside the mill they currently use it as something of a storehouse or a safe house for the cult on the inside front cover we have a sort of cut down version of all of these sort of main npcs that have been highlighted not to the cult ones but the other npcs we get a rough timeline for when this blood ceremony is going to occur and we're told the locations where the cult are going to bring the captive child from where they're going to take them to how long this black mass or ritual lasts etc and we get another summary of the red death's effect on the back inside cover we have the details of the cult figureheads their desperate initiates their believers their equipment etc and the adventure closes out with the author pointing out that this is essentially an adventure where you get to fight a bunch of evil satanic clowns so you can try and play it as seriously as you want but chances are your players are going to let make some jokes and the author offers two suggestions he says you can either try and focus on making it really creepy in a sort of stephen king like it style or you can really lean into it and just ham it up you know getting in the jokes etc and the cheeky nod and a wink references and there's some famous clown quote you know like why so serious and hey hey kids put next to that which is a nice little touch we get a page that tells you what the potential outcome of this adventure is and we're told that regardless of what the players do short of a massive disease curing miracle about 80 to 90 percent of Fulton's population is going to die unless they very very quickly sort of take an action just due to the the passage of the disease and we have a final reminder that nothing in this adventure is supernatural with the possible exception of the player characters then we have a couple of nice pictures and we're on to the back inside cover so what i think of this book well again it's a nice punchy short adventure it's beautifully produced and put together as i've come to expect from lamentations of the flame princess product the writing is pretty much no frills there's not a great deal of purple prose in here it gets straight to the information tells you what you need to know and is set out in a very easy to read manner with much of the important information being summarized on the inside front and back covers which is a great option if you're a gm running it because once you've read through the main book you can really just quickly flip to the front or the inside front or back covers and see what you need to know so i think it's a very well put together adventure it has some interesting maps it's mainly focused on a sort of site-based adventure but there is this time limit this ticking clock of when the blood ceremony is going to occur to sort of like spur your players on so they don't just sort of sit there and spend ages mulling over it which i think is a really good call in this it's a bit of an investigation scenario but it doesn't focus quite so much on that as the previous uh, module in a deadly fashion that i looked at on monday so it doesn't really offer a great deal of advice or anything on how to conduct an investigative scenario 
but this is what I would classify as like a more sort of traditional like D&D style adventure. But that's no bad thing. I think with the advice offered in here and the very clear maps and guidance, it will be pretty easy for any GM worth their salt to pick this up and run it. So if you're looking for an adventure where the player characters get to fight off against a load of evil satanic clowns, rescue the innocent and potentially stop a deadly plague and you want a well-produced well-written adventure give this one a look i know this is becoming a bit of a theme with this lamentations of the flame princess week but again i really recommend this you can get it on drive through pdf only that at the time of recording that's available for five pounds 88 which is a, just a just under eight dollars in us money or you can get it on the lamentations of the flame princess web store on the EU store, it's available on print and PDF for €18.70, which is just over £15 in British money. Or you can get it on the US store, where it's about 20 So I hope you've enjoyed this quick look at the Punchline, a module for Lamentations of the Flame Princess, written by Zarkov Kowalowski. Uh, if you've enjoyed it, tell a friend, share the link to the episode. That really does help. And do all that other good stuff, reviewing, liking, etc. Until we see you again, I hope that whatever you're playing, you have great fun. Take care, and we'll see you soon.